0: Hello, and welcome to the World We Live In podcast. I'm your host, Eric Patterson. Alongside me is Kyle Malden. Join us as we explore the amazing, mysterious aspects of our planet's cultures, history, and future trends. Good to have you. Good to be here with Kyle. How you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing well, man. Yeah. How are you doing?
0: Doing good, man. Just uh, putting the episode out a tad bit late. Uh, couldn't uh, I? I was doing soccer tryouts last night. Coach Patterson. Coach Patterson was doing soccer tryouts, and uh,
1: how's the team looking?
0: The team's looking good. Team's okay. Looking good. Not too bad. Um. It's always tough. So, for those of you that aren't aware or have not been listening since last year, I am a middle school soccer coach, as well as many other things. Um, you know, it's tough cutting middle schoolers. I, I hate I hate doing it because, like, the growth from, like, a 6th grader to an 8th grader is so vast. Mm. And, yeah, I just hate doing it. I think, at, at that age especially, all kids should... Should get the chance. Well,
1: it's it's tough, especially like as before you hit puberty. Like you really don't know like what you're good at. Um, obviously no, there don't. there are that some kids that are a bit more like talented or technical or maybe better with the ball. Yeah. But until they really grow into their bodies, like you hear about people who don't really figure it out until, you know, well after like into high school. Oh, for sure. You know, there's a couple guys I feel like every year in the NFL or in the NBA that are like. Yeah, I started playing basketball when I was like 16. Yeah. It's like, you your your <laughs> first year of basketball was when you were a, a sophomore a junior in high school and now you're in the NBA and like obviously that's a very yeah. um rare. Right, rare and like dramatized scenario, but still like a middle middle school soccer player could be a decent high school player or at least you know, a decent middle school player just because he isn't at that level when he's yeah. In sixth grade. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like the look on some of the sixth graders' faces when I'm like Devastating. I can't take all of you and some of you're gonna get cut. It's just like the end of the world. And I'm like, don't take it personally. It's not it is literally I we only have I've told you I've told you this. Uh-huh. We only have a certain number of jerseys. I would take everybody. Oh, right. I, I would I would take everybody and they can practice. I would uh-huh. tell them you're probably not gonna play, but you can be on the team. But we don't have enough jerseys. Like I couldn't do that. Um,
1: but anyway, uh,
0: it's a good time. I'm. 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 I'm ready like, to go.
1: How do you? How do you feel as you're uh, a second year head coach?
0: As a as a veteran. Yeah. Um, I feel good. I feel good. Uh,
1: what did you, What did you learn last season that you'll take into this year that'll that'll make the difference? Don't take it too seriously. <laughs> That was a quick answer. Yes,
0: just like I learned from intramural soccer on, uh, on last Mo- week,
1: Monday nights, when
0: I punched the post because I was getting scored on. <laughs> but you know, live and learn. Live and learn. Live and learn. So that should be fun. But um, big game, Titans playing the Eagles tomorrow.
1: Titans playing the Eagles. Yeah. Um, if we win, we'll be three and one. Um, Until the Colts beat the Titans. Well, we do play the Colts twice. <laughs> Um, this year, so... Yeah. As every year. It's the yeah. division, but... So, Purdue's is winning.
0: Purdue is winning. We were just watching it, yeah. was currently winning. Although, uh, what was it? Purdue had 42 points, and Nebraska, I think, was just scored their 28th, so... Kind of concerning if you can score a lot but not play defense.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. uh the name of the game you know is score more points than the other team yeah. but it helps when you hold the team to less points than, you know it works exactly. it, it
0: works both ways indeed it does indeed it does um fall is here as well since we always mention the weather fall has kicked in down south
1: um yeah i was going to say you must be happy i just i just I'm loving out. it um, I know. In one of the more trendy places on, yeah. on 12th South in Nashville. Yeah. And uh, fall, as we know, Nashville yep. is very trendy. Fall attire uh, was in full swing. It was. I am in athletic shorts and a t-shirt. Yes. You know, so I'm an athlete. I'm in similar clothing. And, uh... You know, I wasn't. I wasn't dressed. I wasn't dressed up to snuff. Were You a little chilly. You need a light jacket. No, no, no. no. I felt great. I just, yeah. I just looked worse compared to. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. To, you know, everyone's wearing ripped jeans and their boots and their their hats and. Yep. You know, I'm out there looking sporty spice.
0: Yeah.
1: Falls upon us. We've hit fall, and uh. We have. It was a. Dude, it was a long summer. I actually, it was pretty funny. I was sitting out on uh, a porch, on uh-huh. one of the one of the establishments, and ah. two two girls. There were a group of three girls, and two girls were wearing the exact same jeans. And I only knew that because they were ripped jeans, and Uh the jeans were ripped in the exact same... Literally the same places. Oh, well, there was was one distinctly that was like an upper thigh. Yeah. There were two, and I was like, those are the same jeans. Like, (laughs) uh, no (laughs) doubt the same exact pair. Yeah. But... That's tough. I'm sure they planned it.
0: You think so? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they did, though. Oh, uh, yeah, I hope they did. I th- I will say uh, having uh, working part-time retail everything all clothes are like starting to look the same
1: nowadays. Oh. Uh I mean they really are just variations. They're of, just
0: variations of, of the designs. There's like
1: four pairs of clothes. Yeah, I mean pretty much. You have like dresses, shirts, whether that's long super short yeah. sleeves, like shorts or pants. Like that's it. It's all just like variations. It maybe is. like if you're a girl, like a, like a overalls or like a jumpsuit.
0: Yeah, overalls are like high waisted jeans for girls, low cut. Like it's all capris, the same, maybe. But it's all the same. All
1: variations.
0: It's all the same. Uh,
1: you can only dress yourself so many ways.
0: Yeah, and it's just a matter of like colors and whatnot. But anyway. <laughs> what's Different.
1: the uh, what's what's something, since you started? I, mm-hmm. um, what's something that you learned?
0: That I learned... Uh-huh. Uh, the, I mean, the first thing that pops in my head is what I just mentioned is, like, just Everything. the vast differences uh-huh. that women's clothing has. I, I mean, oh, yeah. I knew that existed, but not, like, to the extent. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty apparent. It's...
1: Women, as far as clothes go, I understand why they put on, like, a hundred different things and they're just like, oh, I, I don't know. I can't decide. There's too Be- many options. Well, I was gonna say, it's... it's The, the options are overwhelming and yeah. it is just... Uh, oh there's a word for that it's like we have too many options you can get paralyzed like paralyzed oh, yeah. you can't make hmm
0: I know what you mean I can't Not think of a word either. either yeah um
1: yeah. Like, like you said do you want high waisted jeans like normal jeans bell bottoms low cut like skinny jeans like mm-hmm. super skinny jeans rib jeans non rib jeans like are you wearing heels <laughs> like yeah dude I don't know did you drink water today and like now your jeans don't fit like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's wild it is wild are your jeans cut are they from lucky brand like you know Japanese denim right who yeah are they they washed are they white are they blue are they it is it is ridiculous it is it's silly it's silly but I'm just like I don't know I have like one pair of jeans and I wear them occasionally
0: (laughs) I know dude I just bought a new pair of jeans this year for the first time in like three years yeah I have but I appreciate jeans a little more shout out jeans yeah Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) if you appreciate jeans, keep listening, and uh, (laughs) we're going to hop into it. Um, This is is a little touch-up piece. Uh, I came across this um, article from sciencenews.org. It's talking about the Brazil National Museum, which, if you haven't listened to past episodes, we mentioned, I think, two or three episodes ago? I think it was... The one before our interview with your grandfather? Uh oh, no, it was
1: two or three. Yeah. So the what the museum the fire, uh those if you didn't listen, there was a fire on September second that burned down a considerable amount of um, Brazil's national national museum in Rio. It is equivalent so it's not as it's not nearly as big, yeah. but it'd be lo- to American listeners, um, if the Smithsonian caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so which really is devastating right really big deal um in Brazil
0: yeah um this article kind of touches on um just kind of the extent to which the fire devastated what had been discovered and put in this museum and one uh, of one of the, one of the article headlines says what the museum's treasures have taught us and it quotes back in the late 1990s paleontologist alexander Kellner, who now leads the museum discovered a carnivorous dinosaur that jaunted on its legs around 110 million years ago quote it's unique because it has beautiful preserved soft tissue says Tysa rodriguez a paleontologist at the Universidade Federal do Espírito Santo in Vitoria, Brazil. Oh, that was
1: good. Wasn't too bad. That was good uh, Uh, Portuguese.
0: Yeah, oh, thank you. Um, And in the anthropology department, an 11,000-year-old human skull dubbed Luzia raised questions about the peopling of the Americas. So, that just kind of gives, like, an idea of what went into this museum. And uh, as I read that, I was like, it's truly amazing that, like, we can discover stuff from that far back.
1: Oh, I know. And,
0: like, piece it together.
1: Yeah. Like, that's awesome. I mean, the, the, the fossil that they have of the dinosaur. Yeah. For, I mean, I know, obviously you can't look at it. But, yeah. it, I mean, it's a full dinosaur. It's a full, like, from ta- like, it tail is. to toe. It, it has arms, like, legs. Pretty much, all, it looks like at least all the bones are there, like, rib cage, femur. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah.
0: It says, The museum's paleontology collection gathered a catalog of the region's biodiversity going back hundreds of millions of years, um, including dinosaurs, flying reptiles, ancient lizards, crocodiles, mammoths, saber-toothed cats, and more. Um, more recently, in 2014, Tiago Simoes of the University of Alberta, uh, University of Alberta in Edmonton Canada, and colleagues found a previously unknown ancient lizard from the Cretaceous period. So. I mean, they had uh, butterflies. I mean, it seemed like anything that you can think of involved in like archaeology and natural stuff. History. Natural history. was was in this. So that's, that's I think, why it's uh, easily compared to the Smithsonian. hmm Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I thought this was a pretty cool segment, kind of jumping down. It's the title of the, it says Going Digital. Mm. Uh, it says that uh, we at least have digitized records or imagery of we know exactly what is lost. So all of that stuff is in um, a database uh, called Paleobiology. Mm hmm. Uh, and it provides easy digital records of what was in the actual museum. Obviously, unfortunately, the you know the physical artifacts yeah. um, have been destroyed.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome.
1: It says the Brazilian museum uh, had twenty million or so items that had been digitalized before the fire. Uh, Obviously, that is valuable. However, yeah. you'll you won't be able to do DNA testing or you know any other mm-hmm. time testing or or whatnot. Um, yeah. Obviously, with the the three D model.
0: Ooh, interesting thought. If you have three D models of stuff, could you three D print stuff that possibly was lost? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be the same thing, but you could have a sort of. F- I mean, to faux, faux, like, A hundred percent. And
1: I would, I would, I was going to say, I would go to that museum because you could 3D print a freaking T-Rex. Like, yeah. if you said, hey, it's not a real thing, we 3D printed it, but you want to go see it? Yeah. Yeah, of course like, I do. Maybe I'm a sucker for that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I would absolutely go see that. Damn, sure, a lot of people are. You know, museum. Yeah. And like, maybe if it's tools and stuff, like, of, of course, it'd be yeah. cooler if you saw it you know, a couple thousand year old tools in person. But when it comes to it, the, like looking at it is way, if it's 3D printed or not, obviously the authenticity is a big part of it, but it is still, Mm -hmm. um, I guess holds, holds that like bit of magic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how, um, how they, over the next, I'm going to say few years, how they like rebuild
1: Yeah. And if, because
0: I know Brazil has not been a completely stable country Mm -mm. as far as uh, politics and economy. So it's going to be interesting to see how, if this uh, rebuilds or where they go um, from here. Mm
1: -hmm. No, I I agree. I imagine they'll receive a lot of donations. I'm sure. um, Mm -hmm. Whether nationally or, or from other museums. But, uh, I think it's interesting. Like I said, it had 20 million items or so in the database. Mm. I cannot imagine how those are, like, categorized. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine trying to filing, like, 20 million?
0: No. No, I couldn't. That'd be crazy. Attention to detail is a must. Oh, un- unbelievable. Must. And, and
1: you you probably have hundreds of people working on... Yeah. It has to be. On that. It has to be. Yeah.
0: That's, like, the stuff you don't... That's, like...
1: Like You, remember you they, don't see that. You were overwhelmed with like a big project, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, wow, there's like so much to do, like so yeah. much information. 20 million individual items. You're that in are charge
0: of cataloging. That are, that
1: are categorized yeah. somehow.
0: Ancient artifacts. Are,
1: right. Very important. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a research paper. Not a research Not paper. Not a
1: research paper. That's fine. That's a good transition into the, uh, speaking of, uh, unstable economies.
0: Unstable economies, for sure, yeah.
1: Smooth transition into story
0: number two. Um, yeah, so Oliver, um, so last week we interviewed Kyle's grandfather, Oliver, and he, um, was born in Germany and moved to Venezuela when he was five or six, um, and lived in Venezuela for ten years, um. And him talking about Venezuela got me thinking, like, because his version of Venezuela is a Venezuela that seemed fairly prosperous.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, like, he said there were uh, American workers there. His, his father's from Germany, and he worked there for, a s- like, 10 years? Yeah, 10 years.
1: Ish, 11 years.
0: Yeah, and then they, uh, uh moved of- to the United, uh, California.
1: Um also where where they were too was in a um like you said, they, they bordered the, the jungle. Yes. So they, they weren't necessarily in a big city. It's at least my understanding of what mm-hmm. I've been told is that it was kind of just like a popping little town. Yeah. Where um a lot of Amer maybe not a lot, but I'm more sure international, families but yeah. yeah, had had come to be a part of the uh the electric company. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, but it got me thinking, like, what happened in this process? Where, how did Venezuela... Now, I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of detail that, like...
1: We are missing. We're
0: missing, and I feel like that's going to happen with any, like, large we're doing story our, like we're this. We're doing our best. But, yeah. Um, so, I was... But I got to thinking, like, what in a general sense happened to get Venezuela to the point they're at today where the economy struggling even though they're sitting on the world's largest reserve of oil and it's just yeah it just seems strange I
1: mean, right mass pro- mass protests yeah mass struggling, protests struggling economy Dude, um uh, people people don't have access to yeah food huge inflation right so what's eric what's going on in
0: venezuela what's happening um so yeah venezuela is, as we said, experiencing m- massive economic issues. Um, so, Nicolas Maduro is the current president, and he basically um, kicked out the Supreme Court back in 2015 and started this thing called the National Constituent Assembly. And, um, well, I should say he replaced the Supreme Court with basically Mm -hmm. his buddies. So, um, and then this National Constituent Assembly, he, I guess,
1: took charge of as well. Um. Yeah, so my, my understanding is that he, um, the, the political party that was in the, the Supreme Court, uh, was not like they weren't the the same political party and basically just replaced them Ah. with his friends and then made another Senate, if you will, and basically put his friends in power there too.
0: Yeah. And then um, then on May 1st, 2017, this headline says, uh, Maduro decrees Venezuelans will write new constitution. So now, obviously, if you write a new constitution, you can basically put whatever you want in there. And then from there, you can basically set up a new government, Hmm. which it sounds like
1: what he was trying to do. I mean, literally what constitution, like you said, basically sets up a new government. Like what you put in that constitution is like the head and neck of the country.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, So backtrack. Before that, Hugo Chavez was the president of Venezuela from 1999 until 2013. And in this period, um, Venezuela seemed to be doing pretty good. Um, Improving. Improving, yes. Um, Hugo Chavez was loved by the people, um, from what I can tell. Um, they were doing pretty good as far as selling oil and keeping the economy up. Um, he improved education, improved health care, um, had food subsidies for the poor.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: the people seemed to love him.
1: Right. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of his Hugo Chavez's policies were to help the poor. Yes. And that is he knew if he helped he that was, you know, a large majority of the population and mm-hmm. if he helped them out, then they would return the favor and keep him uh, in office. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Giving Um, the people what they want. (laughs) However,
0: in 2014, oil prices dropped. And that is when Nicolas Maduro came into power. And things started getting bad. And it seems to me, and tell me, Kyle, if this makes sense. It seems to me when that started happening and the oil prices dropped and Maduro came into power that's when he... It seems like that's when he was like, oh, I can maybe... Since the economy's not doing so well, maybe I can set up my own thing because...
1: Right. Especially Especially since things weren't going well. Yeah. It kind of led to opportunity to, hey, I'm going to try my own thing since what we have been doing isn't working out. Since
0: it's not so good. Yeah. So... Um, that's pretty much. I feel like where it's at. Um, he's messed with the government
1: and yeah, So done this. They held presidential elections. Um, I believe in. Uh, I'm gonna get it wrong. I think it was July of 2017. Yes, I believe you're right. Um and. 80 percent of the population lives in poverty. Yeah. Okay, that don't have access to food. Medicine, you know, basic, basic needs. Held a president, presidential election um, that Maduro apparently won. And then even more people took to the streets to protest just because that... I mean, it, it just doesn't add up. You know, the amount of people that are being hurt by Maduro, it says that he has a 20% approval rate, but won a... Election by popular vote. So, huh. people the in the video that that you and I watched, yeah. you know, they were saying this is the biggest, you know, scam in yeah. po- in political history. Um, judges and other political figures are being killed or imprisoned in Venezuela.
0: Yeah. Um. And you you know that's exactly that's exactly it and I'm just gonna read this uh, this quote here from this uh, Vox video on YouTube. Um, it says it was a result that was so big, so surprising," said Tibisay Lucena, the head of Venezuela's electoral authority, late on July thirtieth. Um, she was announcing that 8 million people had voted in an election for a new, all-powerful constituent assembly dreamed up by President Nicolas Maduro. In fact, it was not surprising, and probably not big. A fortnight earlier, the opposition had got more than 7 million to vote to reject the new assembly in an unofficial plebiscite. So it was predictable that Mr. Maduro's regime would claim a higher turnout, no matter that the Electoral electoral Authority's own count leaked to Reuters showed that only 3.7 million had voted before the polls were due to close. Yeah. So.
1: Classic case
0: of voter fraud. (laughs) Election manipulation. Yeah. Uh. I mean I feel like this is nothing new like this has happened many a time over
1: well oh of course and what's what's scary is that um, since he basically replaced the current government Mm -hmm. and if he is um, I'm putting quotes you know quote legally Mm -hmm. able to change the constitution to whatever he wants like I can't imagine that's going to be anything just or fair Because he has already, he already replaced, he kicked those people off the Supreme Court and then replaced what would be, I guess, Congress or like, you know, our Senate, I forget the name of it, um, and just put his, his own, obviously his own friends in power. Yeah. 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 I feel bad. I feel bad for the people of Venezuela.
0: Yeah. I know, man. Um, I haven't really heard anything recently.
1: No, I mean No, I, I mean
0: not to say that I follow it, but I haven't heard I follow it uh, consistently. I haven't really heard any new
1: I was going to say as far stuff. as day day-to-day developments, I imagine it's a lot of the same, yeah. like a, a lot of protesting, a lot of pushback obviously yeah. from the government. Mm-hmm. Um it says that that thou- hundreds of people have died and thousands of people have been in prison from these protests. Um dude I imagine like I said it's a lot of same people protesting government pushing back and since other countries aren't getting involved um yeah you know what what's the what are the people to do oh the other thing is the government is in control has been been put in control of of the food so the the government the military the military is in control of the food supply to the Venezuelan people
0: yeah, uh, this is wild. Uh, so it says the official government currency rate is ten. I believe it's uh, bullet. I believe it's bolivars, uh-huh. uh, Venezuelan bolivars, something like that. It's a ten to one ratio from their currency to the U.S. That's for the government. For the actual citizens, it says it is a twelve thousand one hundred sixty three to one black market rate. And yeah, like Kyle stated, the government is in is in control of the food supply, so they buy the food for the government rate and then sell it on the black market for
1: For that for the the citizens. For the high
0: yeah, for the higher rate.
1: So. So like there, there, are, there's like I think it's like Argentina, Brazil, Canada, Mexico, and like Spain, have called the election a fraud. Yeah. And like it's invalid, and the United States has put um, like a trade embargo mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, against Venezuela. But it's it it is crazy, and I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to meddle. Like I don't want to be like, oh, well, someone should go over there and do something. No, but yeah. like, there is know. there is visible and apparent yeah. corruption, yeah. and obviously people are dying and, and suffering, and well, like that sucks. Like I, you know what I mean. I don't want to say, oh, we should go over there and, and fix things, and then just put our own guy, you yeah. know, in power. But the same, which we time, have done before, we have done more than once, <laughs> more than once, all <laughs> over the world. But at the same time, like I said, how do you how do you just turn a, a blind eye to the the corruption and fraud that's happening? Um, like I said, 80 percent of the people do not approve of this person as as president, president, quote unquote president.
0: Yeah, and uh, to end on your grandfather was saying that um, people have started, which only makes sense. People have started to like flood into neighboring nations. Yeah.
1: And uh, I believe a, a large portion, obviously due to proximity, have gone to uh, Colombia mm. and Brazil since they're neighboring, and those countries are kind of like, hey, like you gotta cool it, well, with, yeah. with you know the the immigrants, like we can only accept so many people, yeah, a year.
0: I guess the good thing is, well, maybe not but I'm maybe not with Brazil, but at least they speak the same language <laughs> at least in the Colombia Brazil Easy. is obviously Portuguese easier to assimilate when yeah, you speak yeah. the, uh, the yeah. same language uh, that is true that is true well cool um, sh- let's end on uh, on this uh, article from Mysterious Universe about some about the great state of Arizona great
1: state have you
0: been to Arizona? Yes, Phoenix for soccer. Oh yeah, yeah mm-hmm. of course. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, um, my parents have been to um, my parents and sister have been to Sedona, Sedona, and Scottsdale. oh yeah, yeah no, Scottsdale. That's... Yeah, yeah. So they say it's wonderful. They've been twice without me.
1: A lot of a uh, a lot of people. Um, or have been moving to outside Scottsdale because ah. of the um, cheap property is. Oh, makes sense. In Arizona
0: yeah. Hot as hell during the summer.
1: Well, I, yeah, I was, I was going to say also for r- retirees of have been moving there because it's pretty yeah. much warm year round. Like, not super expensive. Um, Arizona's crazy to me because parts of it are super foresty mm-hmm. and have hills and then other part is... Yeah. Like, desert and... I mean, desert. Like, what... You know, What when people are like, oh, Arizona, that's what you think of just miles and miles of rocks.
0: Same with New Mexico. Uh, Yeah. Up north, there's, Mm -hmm. like,
1: mountains. And, like, forests and... Yeah. And And all that. Creeks and rivers. Yeah.
0: And you head to the Mexico border, and it's like... Uh... Maybe not. (laughs) Um... But for purposes of this article, we will be hanging out in an area called the Superstition Mountains. It is, quote, an arid moonscape of twisted peaks and sprawling expanse of badlands. At one time called the Sierra de la Espuma by Spanish settlers. Um, a sprawling, rugged wilderness, drawing in hikers, rock climbers, campers, and a manner of those looking to enjoy the natural splendor and outdoor activities.
1: It is. I will say for, for Arizona, um, Arizona is nice Mm -hmm. to, for, for outdoor activities. Like you said, it is, is desert, um. But there are there are places in Arizona to go like kayaking, camping, hiking. Yeah, for sure. Um, I believe National Flagstaff.
0: Oh, Flagstaff, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on Route sixty six. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Any, anyway. Yeah. Shout out Arizona.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, as with most places out west, um, there are there's some. Uh, some, some good old folklore about about the areas. Um, so the native Apaches have long held this area to be a rather sinister and sacred place before the West started being settled. Mm-hmm. Um, they believed that the entrance to the underworld somehow laid in the mountains. Um there's also stories, classic stories, about a magnificent hidden cavern full of gold said to be um, buried with vast treasures, um, protected by spirits, troll-like beasts called Tuartums, and even the Thunder God himself. wonder if he lives in the Thunderdome. Maybe. What
1: is the Thunderdome? The Thunderdome. Oh my goodness, from Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, the Thunderdome. Anyway, um... <laughs> sorry, I got caught off guard. The Thunderdome was also, uh, Grayson and Dan's,
1: um... Oh my goodness, Yeah,
0: the room. The
1: the thunder In college,
0: yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but um, one of the most prominent tales, it says, is of an affluent mining family from Mexico called the Peraltas. Um, some say they were ranchers. Um, main thing is they found this Apache treasure somewhere in the mountains and it spelled their doom. Um, all but one of them died. The Apaches ascended on them and slaughtered them all but one and the Apache warrior who had massacred them are said to have reburied the treasure that this family found Um, and to this day um, is believed to have been labeled the massacre grounds and there are other places named that denote this history. Such as Massacre Falls. I'm not sure I would travel there.
1: I was gonna say that is as far as as far as daunting names go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Massacre Falls is a pretty good one.
0: It's up there. That's up there. Um, some say that the Peraltas actually left evidence of their discovery and say that they etched into stones different codes, pictograms, and cryptic messages um, which are said to hold the key to finding um, these th- these treasures and they are called the Peralta Stones. Um, it says, The stones were allegedly written up by the family shortly before their massacre and left behind by Apaches who did not know their true meaning and so left them to rot away in the sun. They would be uncovered in the 1940s but whether there's any truth to this story,
1: who knows? So, um, I will I will say that there are stories I know um, in Arizona, also yeah, uh, in Nevada or in California, where people have hidden, whether it be gold or, in Nevada's case, mm-hmm. silver, um, and have been found later. Wow! Like very real, real treasures. Like. A real life treasure. Yeah. Where people have found, obviously, just like a silver mine, gold mine, and just hid it away. Dude, that's wild. Um, yeah. Super crazy. And, like, as as the story continues, but pe- that people, like, literally die or go missing looking for said treasure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. When I was driving through Wyoming with my family back in August, not my family, my cousin and her family... There was just, they, they were like, two. we saw like two or three like abandoned mines just hanging out on the side of a mountain. Yeah, crazy. Um, you want to take the next guy?
1: Yeah, um, it says that uh, in later years, uh, the a man uh, called Dr. Abram Thorne. Uh, who's living at the uh, around the natives at the time um, studying medical medical practice uh, he uh, went on this oh whoa my computer just skipped ahead um, as a as a reward for for helping out uh, the natives um, he, was taken on this journey. He was asked to put on a blindfold and he'd be led to the mythical lost cavern of gold. Uh, he was led along a route uh, estimated 20 miles, which after they removed the blindfold and he was met with the, the, the pile of gold like standing before him. So he doesn't know where he is. Yeah. But he's standing in front of all this gold. The Apaches told him he could grab as much of the gold as he wanted that he could carry on his person, which he did for being led back out never knowing the precise location, although he did mention a sharp peak of rock, which is thought to have perhaps been Weaver's Needle, a popular landmark in the area. Hmm. So that is another legend. Um, A German immigrant named Jacob Waltz, uh, who was a gold prospector in the Phoenix Valley in the late 1800s, walt supposedly uh, knew also or stumbled across this cavern with gold um and he kept the secret location until his entire life and he would just keep coming into this money but he had was dying of pneumonia in 1891 of course him dying he he laid it all out there and gave the location to uh his family standing around him and the nurse taking care of him julia thomas however since waltz was german julia thomas apparently listened to all of this but had no idea what to think of it um it being the route to the to the cavern. yeah um she, she was oblivious, baffled, and would apparently later sell the map that waltzed her out on his deathbed, uh, which has now been lost. Some estimates say 60 people have mysteriously died or vanished, attempting to find the tavern. Crazy. These stories go all the way up to... Uh, the article continues. There's multiple stories mm-hmm. about the cavern, but the 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 most recent one uh is in two thousand nine. Yeah. So a short yeah. how many years? Is
0: that nine years? No, um, um, eight, no oh uh, yeah, nine. No, you're right. A nine. short nine years ago.
1: Yeah. Uh it says would be Trevor treasure hunter Jesse Capron. Capin, uh, maybe. Oh, Capen's probably right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 35-year-old from uh, Denver. Um, he was going to Tonto National Forest in search of the legendary Trevor, having looked for it on several occasions and accumulating hundreds of books in written pages on the matter. Crazy. He would vanish into thin air for his efforts. In 2010, his vehicle, wallet, cell phone, and backpack were located, but there has been no sign of the missing man. His body would finally be found wedged in a remote and inaccessible crevice with official cause of death being a mystery. Mm. It is speculated he is fa- he had fallen or jumped into the crevice.
0: Dang. Dang. Yeah, it says throughout the 60s and 70s, uh, people found dead with bullet holes to their skulls. Oh, that was another one that yeah. I saw. Yeah other bodies were found minus the heads which were never found um <laughs> so yeah the presence of decapitated corpses um yeah
1: crazy it's uh it's become popular uh at least i guess in that region as the the dutchman's mine
0: lost the dutchman's mine yeah yeah who knows I'm good. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't wanna. I don't want to. You don't. You don't want to hunt for gold. Nah, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Sounds like quite the track. Twenty miles blindfolded. That would suck.
1: Dude, that would feel like a long. I think you're like a, probably on horseback or walking. Probably. Probably on horseback. Can't imagine you'd walk twenty miles. Yeah, I mean, unless it's. Um. Did it's, it's like. I don't know how uh, you know what speed. It's probably over an hour. That's
0: tough.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, dude, easily, easily. Two hours.
0: I don't know, man. Maybe longer than that, <laughs> depending on the terrain. Maybe even like a. Dude, it is. It maybe is like Arizona. five or six.
1: Uh, um, That'd be a long journey. So there, there are a lot of stories of people going after the mine from U.S you know army s- soldiers looking yeah. for the mine um to like we said people that their their bodies are just discovered or uh with bullet holes are or, or completely decapitated so mm. and the other the other thing is is like play, this does happen like you know what I mean? Like, like I was saying, there are stories of people stumbling across mines or like treasure chests just filled with gold. We did that. We did that one story about uh, Abraham Lincoln and the Civil War. Ah. That guy, like, it, dude, it it happens. People yeah. bury, hide, treasures, steal it, hide it, bury it, get shot, die of pneumonia, <laughs> and just sitting out there in the desert.
0: Just hanging out, went to he went to the grave with it. Um... There are even stories, um, I think you believe it's more in Arizona, in the Grand Canyon, of uh, <laughs> get this ancient Egyptian treasure. You don't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are actually stories of like, there's stories of like Templar treasure up in the uh, northeast. Uh-huh. All, all, uh, yeah, all manner of I was.
1: I saw natural Treasure. Oh, yeah? Yeah, did you <laughs> see
0: that one? love that guy Nick Cage
1: it's on the back of the declaration of <laughs> um, so. I'm a believer also, Dude, I mean
0: there's definitely there's I feel like there's gotta be something there's, there's at
1: least some truth to it I feel like yeah
0: yeah I mean I'm sure the, the, uh, the stories have gotten convoluted over time 100% so clearly whatever is here now is not the same story that was being mm-hmm. told 100 years ago that's just. I mean, we all know that stories build upon themselves over time. That's what makes them good stories. So makes them good. So that's what it makes for
1: some good content.
0: However, if you're a treasure hunter, I'm sure that's tough
1: to deal with, just because you know it's harder each time. Well, it says that a guy has uh, has over a hundred written pages of yeah you know, research. Yeah. so, so would you? No way. First of all, I would absolutely go treasure hunting. Um, you'd basically be Indiana Jones. For a day. Well, More or longer than that. Probably longer if you make it. Um, I would absolutely be a treasure hunter. Wow. 100%. Wow. I'm not sure that. I obviously you'd need a job that would able you know allow you to take a couple months off at a time to go treasure hunting, but I would. I don't know. I feel like I'd be wasting my time. Most of the time, you would. Like it's a it's a Most pretty it's a pretty desperate. Yes. Needle amazing. in a haystack. You're talking about. <laughs> gold mine in state of Arizona.
0: Yes, that, that's 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 the exact um, metaphor. A needle in a haystack. You're looking for that one cave amongst thousands of caves. At least thousands. At least thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of caves that has a has gold in it. Yeah. So. I I I'm I'm good. I like I'm good with the stories. <laughs> I am yawning now. You yeah, are a sleepy guy. Little sleepy, dude. Must have been your reading that put me to sleep, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's all we got. You got any last thoughts, Kyle?
1: I this has nothing to do with the podcast, but okay. I do have some last thoughts. Also, Sweet. I might make someone a millionaire. Ah, might make me a millionaire. Okay. You know how in Microsoft Excel there are multiple sheets that you can open. Yeah. There's tabs. Why don't you? Why don't that? We don't have why don't we have that Microsoft Word you have to open an individual document I have to open individual document like if you're, you have a rough draft and like a final draft I get that you'd want those side by side but there are plenty of times where I'm doing something and be like oh I'd like to take notes yeah. and then I have a whole separate document titled blank 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 notes uh-huh.
0: that's a good point I never my, thought of there's it there's my million dollar idea I always just open up another document <laughs> so write that one down
1: Oh, I, oh, it's written down. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. Put don't, that in, don't you worry. Put
0: that in your notes. Put that in your notes. Um, oh, I don't know what I was gonna say. Uh, to end on, I have this reoccurring dream of me being on the interstate, and maybe it's because uh, Grayson's been in a crash, mm. and there's that crash that happened outside our house.
1: Oh yeah.
0: I think like there's one other. Someone got in kind a of crash, but anyway. I have this reoccurring dream of me on the interstate, and all of a sudden there's this crash. I get out of my car, and all I am seeing is just cars flying through the air.
1: Oh, yeah. Like,
0: semis. I'm, I remember the first yeah. time you told me that dream. Yeah, like, like I had one the other day. I got out of my car and was, like, literally dodging semis flying through the air, but it was in, like, slow motion, uh-huh. and I was able to, like, get out. I don't know. Drive safe. Drive safe. Yep. Uh, yeah. Tip for everybody: drive it, safe. Yeah. There you go. Don't be on your phones. Oh yeah. I yeah. I just removed the other one, but it's irrelevant. Um, yeah. But seriously, don't be on your phones driving. Um, well, cool. Um, you can find us on Twitter at World We Live In. World We Live Pod. On Twitter at World We Live Pod, um, find us on my website at WorldWeLiveIn.org. dot um, org. We are on Podbean. Um, everything should be up and running, um, as far as different platforms to listen on. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Go Short left. and sweet.
1: Go check out the midweek episode.
0: Yes, yes. Go check out the midweek episode. I'm doing them every other week, um, and. Oh, iTunes, of course. Rate and review. Rate and review on iTunes. Um, Love your feedback. Love your feedback. We appreciate you listening. And talk to you next
1: week. Talk to you next week.